daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves as part of the Battery Power Podcast Network. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, you are having a great end to your Monday and start to your Tuesday. Of course, you can find the Daily Hammer, the Battery Power Podcast, and the podcast to be named later all at BatteryPower.com, at BatteryPowerSVN, across all forms of social media, and free on all podcast platforms. Wherever you choose to listen, that's where we'll be for free. Just hit that subscribe button and you'll get the latest content when it's available. My name is Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. When it comes to the Braves, here's the latest from Atlanta. And the trend continues. And as a matter of fact, the trend is getting even stronger. You can all but guarantee if it's a Monday and it's an off day for the Braves, there's likely going to be a roster move and many times multiple roster moves to be made. Now, to be fair, so far this season, the Braves have had to do that out of necessity with all the injuries that they have had to deal with, especially at the start of the season and now, unfortunately, the start of the second half of the season. But the moves that the Braves made on Monday, two trade acquisitions with the 2023 MLB deadline now in full focus, now exactly a week away, or, you know, it'll be later on next Tuesday, uh, 5 o'clock on August 1st, 5 o'clock Central, 6 o'clock Eastern on August 1st is the actual MLB trade deadline. The Braves made two moves to continue to bolster their MLB pitching staff in the present. Now, just yesterday on Sunday, the Braves claimed right-hander Yanni Chirinos off of waivers after he had been designated for assignment from the Tampa Bay Rays. And it looks like Torinos is going to step right into potentially supporting the Braves' starting staff. Maybe he'll you know, make his Braves' debut this weekend. At least that's what has been speculated from folks such as Mark Bowman of MLB.com. But the Braves continued adding talent to their Major League staff when it came to two acquisitions on Monday. The Braves traded for left-hander Taylor Hearn from the Texas Rangers, a very similar move. Hearn had been designated for assignment earlier last week by the Rangers, so the Braves added him via trade for cash. And then, in a bit more of a significant move, the Braves traded two prospects away for right-handed pitcher Pierce Johnson from the Colorado Rockies. Now, the name Pierce Johnson may sound familiar to many. He's had some past success, especially in 2020 and 2021 with the Padres as a reliever. The Braves acquired him from the Rockies on Monday for two minor leaguers. So the Braves have acquired three new arms for their major league staff over the past day plus. To make room for these starters, despite the two prospects that were traded for Pierce Johnson, the Braves designated both Derek Rodriguez and Lucas Lickey for assignment. And I do think as we start to look at these moves, it's important to make a distinction. When it comes to Chirinos, as well as Taylor Hearn. As I mentioned, both Derek Rodriguez and Lucas Lickey were designated for assignment to make room for Chirinos and Hearn. I feel the Braves basically see Chirinos and Hearn as an upgrade to what they had in Rodriguez and Lickey. You have Chirinos, who's a right-handed pitcher, Hearn, who's a left-handed pitcher, but you get more versatility. Both Hearn and Chirinos have had experience both starting and relieving at the major league level. And while, you know, recently both have certainly struggled, they've also at least shown some intriguing production at times in with their former team. So the Braves likely saw something in both that they wanted to add to, you know, their major league staff or at least the organization to see if they can extract some type of value, at least in the present, from those arms. It, will, it remains to be seen 
what eventually will come from both Torinos and Hearn in time. Both could be just short-term options that, that just basically are, are placeholders until the Braves get some of their better arms back from injury. But at the very least, there's been at least some injury that both Torinos and Hearn have, have offered at times in the past. Perhaps the Brave can, you know, unlock some of that potential, turn it into valuable production in the present now that they're both in the organization. Alex Anthopoulos even spoke to Taylor Hearn having a big arm. The Braves are just simply hoping to help him find the strikes out, strike out more, and hopefully both Hearn and the Braves can benefit in time. But I think it's important to create the distinction between, you know, perhaps what expectations are for Torinos and Taylor Hearn are in coming days and weeks, and what they are for Pierce Johnson. As Pierce Johnson was acquired by trading away a pretty decent prospect in, in Victor Vodnik, as well as Tanner Gordon. But with Pierce Johnson, the, the numbers on the surface may seem to many as if, you know, hey, the Braves traded what a top 10, top 15 prospect in Victor Vodnik for a relief rental with these numbers? Yeah, I, I can definitely see where you're looking at the surface numbers. You may think the Braves had overpaid. So far this season, Pierce Johnson threw 39 innings, a 6 ERA, 7 home runs, has walked 25 hitters in those 39 innings. So he certainly has struggled. But with any reliever, as a matter of fact, with any arm that pitches for the Rockies, it's a bit more important to see what they do outside of Coors Field to get an idea of what they could do in a new location. And with Pierce Johnson, when you couple what he's done outside of Coors Field with what he's done in the past, it starts to get a bit more encouraging and certainly more intriguing about what he could do in a Braves uniform. Outside of Colorado this year, Pierce Johnson has both a, an FIP as well as an XFIP below three. He also has allowed only one home run outside of Coors Field of the seven he has given up. And you also potentially, most intriguing about him, and what's the most eye-opening, he's striking out nearly 13 and a half batters per nine innings this season. That high strikeout potential is something that has always been there with Johnson with, you know, both his fastball as well as his very intriguing breaking stuff. He had a lot of success with that in the past with, with San Diego, especially in 2020 and 2021. He also, in, in eight and one-thirds innings in the playoffs in his career, has struck out 13 batters and only given up two runs. So he's been productive in the past. He's been productive outside of Colorado this year, at least when you look at the underlying numbers, and he has some postseason experience. For the cost that was paid, I definitely think the intrigue of Pierce Johnson could be worth it. And you know that the Braves have done a very good job of once they acquire relievers from other settings and bring them into the organization, they typically get good value out of those relievers. And it may seem as if, you know, a pitcher like Pierce Johnson, him being brought in at the price that was paid for him, you know, where is he going to settle with this bullpen? Well, I definitely think that he's going to be mainly an option in middle relief. But if the Braves can get the Pierce Johnson who's produced like he has outside of Colorado this year, if they can get that type of Pierce Johnson striking out at the rate that he's been striking batters out, he potentially could also be a late-inning option. And I know that that may seem a bit, you know, odd, that, you know, the Braves already have six players that they've used in mid-to-high-leverage situations so far this year when it comes to their late-innings options. And those six players have helped anchor a bullpen that has been top five in bullpen production across the majors for most of the season. But it's also relevant to point out that all six of these options that I'm discussing— Nick Anderson, Rysel Iglesias, Kirby Yates, and Joe Jimenez from the right side, 
A.J. Minter and Dylan Lee from the left side, all six of those options have either experienced injuries or spans of ineffectiveness so far this season. As a matter of fact, half the guys right now, Lee, Minter, and Anderson, for different time frames, are currently on the I.L. due to shoulder injuries. Rysel Iglesias missed earlier this year due to a shoulder injury. Kirby Yates and Joe Jimenez, it took them a while to be reliable and effective. So without a doubt, the Braves certainly have a lot of options they could use in the late innings, but each of those options have relevant questions about them, so adding another piece that could be a late inning option in Pierce Johnson was certainly a move to make for the Braves. So the Braves have done a very good job, it, in my opinion, a low cost of adding experience, adding versatility, and adding upside that could help both their rotation as well as their bullpen, at least in the present. And in the case of Pierce Johnson, perhaps he could become a big part of this Braves bullpen down the stretch and into the playoffs. So the Braves have been very active a week before the trade deadline. What does this mean then over the next week. Well, one thing that stands out is that, you know, we already all know that the Braves, you know, have one of the lower ranked farm systems that, that's out there in Major League Baseball. And again, it may seem a bit odd that the Braves traded one of their top 10, top 15 prospects for relief rental. But Victor Vondick himself, in the eyes of many, was considered, you know, as a ceiling, potentially being an effective setup reliever. Even with all the control that Victor Vondick has, you, you're okay trading that type of ceiling. You're okay with trading a potential reliever for an actual reliever who can help in a championship chase like the Braves are looking to do this year. Though Vodnik was, you know, among the top 10, top 15 Braves prospects across many outlets, if you've noticed over the past year, when outlets have ranked the Braves farm system, at the top of the, uh, at the, top of the list, it's mainly been the names that have been in the Braves system for quite a while. Some of their older prospects, some prospects that at least have had a taste of success in the higher minor leagues. That's because a lot is known about those prospects because of how much they how long they've been in the Braves system. But some of the Braves' better natural talents actually could are probably in the lower minors. So though Vodnik was ranked high in the Braves farm system right now, there likely are multiple arms that have higher natural ceilings than him. It's just that not much is known about them due to their short time in the Braves farm system, especially with the 2023 draft class coming into the fold in the near future. So Victor Vodnik and Tanner, um, Tanner Gordon, though that duo was certainly expendable for, some, for a reliever that has the upside of Pierce Johnson. And the other thing to consider is that with the Braves, because they've acquired Chirinos as well as Chirinos, Hearn, and Pierce Johnson at such a low cost, this and no this activity in no way should make anyone think that this gets in the way of them potentially making a bigger move over the next week. As a matter of fact, Alex Anthopoulos, you know, kind of hinted at that, that, you know, the Braves are continuing to work to see what options are out there. And we all know that Alex Anthopoulos loves doing his work at the trade deadline and typically always does effective work. So though the Braves have been very busy over the past couple of days and they've added, you know, at least some intriguing depth when it comes to Torinos, as well as Hearn, and now Pierce Johnson, I would venture to say that it's much more likely than not. The Braves could definitely make, you know, another move or maybe even multiple moves, and one of them could be significant when it comes to their potential 
trade deadline edition. So a very active day for the Braves. Again, some intrigue there, especially when it comes to, you know, reliever Pierce Johnson. Hopefully he, the Braves can unlock some consistency on his end and he can be the high strikeout effective reliever that he's been in the past to make this bullpen even deeper. And perhaps the Braves can get some good outings from Torinos and Hearn as well. But of course, when it comes to the Braves, the big thing that stands out over the past week has been the absurd productivity of Austin Riley, and that's something that the Braves hope will continue as they travel to Boston as to continue their road trip. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply this week. So despite all the moves off the field on Monday, the Braves certainly enjoyed uh, a relaxing off day, hopefully, after, you know, getting back on track. You know, they had a, a very, you know, they had some struggles out of the All-Star break, you know, losing four out of five um, after the All-Star break. But thankfully, they now have gotten back on track, winning three out of their last four and, and winning a weekend series against, you know, at least, you know, when they were playing them, a fellow division winner in the NL Central leading at the time, Milwaukee Brewers, winning two out of three in Milwaukee, coming from behind in both games that they won as well. Very, very competitive, very well-fought series, but good to see the Braves being able to come back and get the job done after they had had their struggles after the All-Star break. And it's not hard at all to see what has really fueled the Braves' success getting back going, and that's Austin Riley breaking out to a level that we have not seen him break out to yet so far this season. I talked about it in last Tuesday's Daily Hammer, just about how, you know, really over the past year, Austin Riley had not been the same hitter that he had been for 2021 and much of 2022. But make no mistake about it, he truly has been, at least in the National League, the best hitter when it comes to production. And that's why he won the NL Player of the Week after going through a stretch where he homered in a franchise-tying record of five straight games with a home run. And the thing about Austin Riley is that this really should not come as any surprise. He has always, always been very, very productive in the month of July. If you go back to last year, I believe that he won NL Player of the Month for the month of July. Just an absurdly productive month in July of 2022. A big part of why he was able to earn that 10-year, $202 million extension a year ago. So seeing Austin Riley once again showing what he can do, getting hot at the right time as other members of the Braves lineup have cooled off a bit, but it's another July and just another great, great streak of production from Austin Riley. And the Braves are certainly hoping that production continues as they head to Boston for a two-game series against the Boston Red Sox. And the thing that stands out about this past weekend against Milwaukee is that the Braves were able to do it without their two best starters, Charlie Morton or Spencer Strider, on the mound. Charlie Morton will take the mound for the Braves on Tuesday. Spencer Strider will then take the mound for the Braves on Wednesday. And the series against Milwaukee was really encouraging. One big reason why was because it was a bit of a return to form for Bryce Elder. But what stands out in this series, this quick two-game series in Boston, are two, you know, trends that we continue to see for the Braves. It's the fact that 
in this matchup, the Braves are definitely going to have the upper hand when it comes to the starting pitching. On Tuesday, the projected starters are Charlie Morton for the Braves, who has, you know, had some good consistency in terms of giving starts that either are, are very good to dominate or at the very least keep the Braves in the game to give them a good chance to win. Charlie Morton, once again, has settled into a stretch where he consistently is putting the Braves in a chance to w in a position to win with his starts whenever he takes them out. He'll get the ball on Tuesday for the Braves. For the Red Sox, it's to be determined who they're going to start. The idea is, is they could go with the bullpen game. Veteran Nick Pavetta, who the Braves have seen in the past, he could be, you know, the guy that, you know, gives a lot of the innings in that bullpen game. It'll be interesting to see what the Red Sox, uh, you know, eventually announce as their pitching plans for Tuesday. But then on Wednesday, a fun matchup. Spencer Strider, who, you know, for six innings, in his last start, looked very, very good against the Diamondbacks. Then he ran into some trouble in that seventh inning. He'll be on the mound for the Braves. And for the Red Sox, one of the more intriguing and one of, it seems, the more talented young American League arms, Brian Bayo, will be on the mound for the Red Sox. So a pretty encouraging and intriguing pitching matchup on Wednesday. But without a doubt, the Braves should definitely have the upper hand when it comes to the starting pitching. And with the fact that the Braves are continuing to have, have to shuffle options in and out of the bullpen, hopefully both Morton and Strider can put together at least two quality starts in a row that could take a bit of pressure off of the Braves' bullpen over the next few days. But the other thing that, you know, really stands out about any time the Braves go to Boston is that there is the potential for some good offense. You know, since 2018, the Braves have played 10 games in Boston. They have hit 16 home runs in their 7-3. They have an 849 OPS. And of course, we remember back in 2020, I believe that it was two straight games where Marcelo Zuna and then Brave, now Red Sox, Outfielder Adam Duvall hit three home runs each in back-to-back -back games. So the Braves have to really look forward to any time that they go to Boston because with their offense, they could put a lot of runs on the board and hopefully they'll start to do that early. If there's one thing, if there's one you know piece of the puzzle for the Braves that was so good during their dominant run for, for the six-week stretch for all of June and, and for early part of July, it was how good, as we've discussed many times before, how good the Braves were at getting off to early starts. They kind of, you know, faltered a little bit. They kind of fell off, you know, how good they were early in games over the past week or so. But if Atlanta can find some success early, when it comes to their production early in the game, if they can give both uh, Morton and Strider leads to work with, it should lead to good results in a, a series that they definitely can sweep when it comes to them facing Boston in Fenway Park. And of course, there's going to be plenty of news to watch. There's even potential rumors out there where a familiar face now with Boston, Adam Duvall, the Braves could be interested in him once again. Again, we'll see how true all of these rumors eventually are, but an exciting week coming up with the trade deadline now a week away, the Braves continuing to play some fun matchups as we go through the month of July, and if Austin Riley can help support Great starts from Charlie Morton and Spencer Strider. The Braves will hopefully be able to add two convincing wins to the win column over the next few days, and they'll be able to get through with this road trip in good fashion. Of course, you can find the Daily Hammer, the Battery Power Podcast, as well as 
the podcast to be named later, all at BatteryPower.com, at BatteryPowerSBN, across all forms of social media. All of these great shows will be around later this week, offering their analysis and takes on whatever rumors, speculation, and actual moves are made by the Braves. Just make sure you tune in to wherever you listen to your podcast. You'll get all the content for free. Again, just hit that subscribe button. My name's Sean Coleman. Thanks so much for joining us on The Daily Hammer. Until next time, go Braves. Tanner Gordon.